Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. We've already got hand gestures in the studio that say, I am sitting with the right people. Please welcome to the studio for the first time, Norm Weiss. He's the president of NWA Incorporated. Welcome, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's, is it, is it N Weiss Associates? Yes. Also the acronym NWA. NWA. For the insider crew. Yeah. Yeah. Norm of attitude. You know? I, I love it. <laughs> and, and I see that Norm's going to bring the attitude today. I'm so uh, excited. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll talk a little bit about your company. And before we do that, though, I want to introduce Karika Bridges. Bridgers. Bridgers. I said Bridges. Bridgers. I knew that. Uh, operations manager for 12 years with Norm. I've been with Norm. Yep. I went back to school as an adult to finish my bachelor's degree. And I got lucky enough to stay on and do some research work to pick up pay for my master's degree. And while I was doing that, they needed some technical writing for a research project. And I started doing that project. Norm was on that team. And then it's about three to five years while I was finishing up my master's degree, I just did project work for Norm. And then once I was finished, he brought me on and I've been with him ever since. I have no intention of ever leaving. Yeah. I don't think he's going to try to get rid of you either. Uh, it's been great chemistry and uh, good good team. She's got that air about her. So when our studio was upstairs in the other building here on the Max 6 campus, it's, has it been a, over a year that you've been here? Just about a year. Okay. It was because I kept walking by this gal who who wasn't here every day, mm-hmm. nor was I. Let's admit it. Uh, but when I would come by, there's just this energy about you, and so we struck up a conversation a couple of times. I know you got to know Daryl as well, mm-hmm. and 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 I think we almost immediately said, "Well, at one point, you guys have got to come and be on with us on Phoenix Business Radio X." And voila, we've landed and here. here. We are. Yeah, so good. What does she bring to the table that, that that's made you know twelve years worth saying, "Hey, I, I need your help." Flexibility, expertise, uh, really good with uh, our team. It's something that you really need in a in a business. You need somebody that can manage the operations, make sure people are billable. If they don't have anything to do, then we find stuff for them to do. And uh, what makes it a challenge is that uh, we've been a virtual office for about 15 years. Before virtual offices were oh, even a absolutely. thing. absolutely. And so it's really important to get the right people. You need folks who are energetic, self-starters, people that uh, appreciate working in a virtual office and at the same time understanding that uh, there's also commitments that need to be made. And, <laughs> you have to work. <laughs> and, you know, you've got client deliverables that have to be uh, completed. And uh, so it's really been a challenge uh, but we've been so fortunate in finding a team that works well in that type of environment. We're on the phone. You know, we have our, our platforms up in the sky uh, for our records. And Karika just instituted a uh, daily ops uh, meeting. You know, it's simple, but uh, holds folks accountable. And uh, it also gives us an idea what people are doing. And, you need uh, to have your thumbprint or your your heartbeat running alongside theirs, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> and I have kind of I have a catchphrase: you can't if you can't quantify it, you can't qualify it. Especially because mm-hmm. we're a lot in the regulatory world, but even on the ops side, if I don't know what my people are doing, I don't know how can I know if they're doing it correctly? <laughs> yeah, and 
help them get to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, yeah. unfortunately, if they're not a good fit, you know, we need to, to separate ways. But it doesn't sound like that happens very often on your team. No, no it's, you know, it's almost like an extended family. It's um, the beauty is, I would say, probably 75% of the folks that are with us, we've had a relationship before. We, we kind of recruit from uh, Arizona State University, the environmental management program. And um, I know that uh, for just about all of them that have come from Arizona State, we kind of pick the cream of the cream and mentor them. They grow and really become valuable assets to the organization. And they, they grow personally and professionally as well. So it's really nice to see. Absolutely. Before we talk about your company and who you are and what you do for our listeners and viewers who don't know that, what can you say about Norm? I want to make sure that you have an opportunity. I mean, you've been 12, is it 12 years is a big commitment. And you've already said on air, by the way, that you don't have any intention of leaving. Mm-mm. What is it about working with Norm and the team and the folks that you represent that, that matters for you? I've been so blessed that he is just, he's so, it's easygoing. He communicates well. We just kind of hit a communicate well. He just makes it makes it really, I always say he's the absolute, the best boss. He is caring. And if you're having an issue in your personal life, you're, we just become almost family. Yeah, that's you know, what he said a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, it just yeah. is, um, just to stay with him, it's just a great work environment. I have a lot of autonomy. He gives me a task and I need to figure, you know, do the research, find out the regulations, uh, apply them, and then come out with the reporting. So to allowing me to perform what I do without micromanaging. Hmm. And again, kind of that we have to have that autonomy and ability to self-start and self-work. In There's that. an element of trust. A foundation is right, this trust. Oh, absolutely. We also have, uh, you know, other senior folks that have been with us. Our other manager's been with us now for well over 10 years. Wow. So, you know, it's our it's our triad, so to speak. It's our core. Who's that? Can we give that person a shout out? Who is that? Yeah, uh, Rich Dockery. All right, Rich. Way to go, Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I posted on um, our LinkedIn and sent it out to our employees. So hopefully they're they're listening I'm today. I'm hoping so. Yeah. And it will be a podcast afterwards and, and a video that's accessible for everybody. So we'll, welcome, we'll them, team. Yeah. We'll give them some homework. Okay, guys. <laughs> there you go. What, at what timestamp did I say this? <laughs> Who, to whom did we give shout outs to? That's right. So let's talk about NYS Associates and and the people you serve. Who is the company? What do you do? And, and how are people benefiting from the work that you do? Great question. Um, I've always had the, the perception, that there's a book called Small is Beautiful, right? Mm. And um, I've never really wanted to have a large uh, corporation. I've worked in consulting companies that have been large corporations. And when I started NYS Associates, it, it was, um, in my mind, I don't want to be like that. Always been a small business. We serve primarily businesses and industry that need help in complying with environmental health and safety regulations. It's one of those things that are important because of the rules and regulations that we have. And, you know, obviously there's penalties and liabilities for not doing it right. And so we've been really, gosh, how can I say this? We've been so blessed in having many Fortune 500 businesses that have been with us now for over 25 years. Karika has a term of, we want to be their easy button. So oh, I if love that. <laughs> something comes up, 
boom, let's call up NWA and uh, hopefully they can help us. What a great easy reference for people because we can all relate. Who doesn't want easy? And we have mm-hmm. that visual thing, thanks to Staples, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's you know, part of it is if you look at the regulations and all this stuff, I mean, it's almost like you've got hundreds and hundreds of pages of stuff. You can't expect employees to read that and understand it. So part of it is to look at what a company is doing, listening to what their needs are, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to develop a program so that eventually we can work our way out of the job. You know, if they can sustain compliance without outside help, really that's what it's about. So you got to have things like operational procedures, training, corrective actions. It's basically what we call a management system. So if people are, are interested in that, it's a proactive type of an approach. You don't want to wait for a regulator to tell you you're not in compliance because then You've got shorter time frames to get into compliance. Uh, it's going to cost you more sometimes. Um, and you're under the gun. So that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So when Norm says, you know, environmental health and safety regulations, he's referring to the EPA and OSHA regulations that are protecting of the environment. That's EPA. OSHA, which per, is worker safety. How do we keep our workers safe? So we work, and there's a lot of, overlap between the two, between um, EPA and OSHA. So when we're working with a client, you may be working, you think you're just working on the you know, EPA regulations, but oh, now it it's, spills in now it. it's spilled over into the OSHA side. You know, it's also a, a layered type of an approach because you do have federal requirements, but then you also have state regulations, county regulations, city requirements. And it's like a layered approach. And you need folks to kind of sort through that. What's what's applicable? Uh, what do I need to do to comply? You know, for some of the smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses, which we also have worked with, you know, you've got one person who's responsible for production, maintenance, you know, supervision, and all of a sudden now you're responsible for environmental health and safety. So you can only spread folks too, can't spread them too thin, but in some cases like that, they need help uh, to deal with something, and we're there to help. On the other hand, you have larger companies where they might have environmental health and safety departments. Maybe they have needs that are coming up, expansions, which are always important. And so we've kind of served both, uh, everything from small businesses up to the, the Fortune 500. Is there any, anything or any service in environmental compliance that you don't do? Is that a weird question? Like, you know, is there is a phone call that someone comes in and and you're like, you know what, we do everything else but this? That's an excellent question. Um, You know, we can't be the best in everything. And we really know what our our core areas are. Our core areas are primarily relating to things like chemical management, hazardous waste. We're really strong on helping folks comply with uh, actually a county requirement for uh, trip reduction programs. If you have uh, employees that are uh, 50 or greater in certain areas of uh, Maricopa County and Pinal County, then you have to have a trip reduction program. Try to get your employees to reduce the vehicle miles that are driven each day. And so we're kind of the easy button for some of our clients. Wow, on that. that's a Maricopa County ordinance that's in place because of Maricopa County is not in compliance for several national air pollutants. Mm. And as part of that, the Fed, the 
our federal government stepped in and said, hey, you need to be making some serious inroads on reducing these pollutants. Show me what you can do to reduce single occupancy vehicle commutes in Maricopa County. So they established this program where they're trying to document how many single occupancy vehicles an employer has. How how are people getting to work? So they do an annual survey. How are you getting to work? Are you working from home? Are you having a shortened work week? Are you working for tens? And then they have you implement a plan on, okay, now that we know how people are getting to work, how can we get people who are driving themselves to use alternate methods? Can we implement a van pool, carpool, bike, walk, that types of things? And, and you um, guys provide what piece of that? You you say we, here are the programs we recommend, and here's and we'll help uh, you do it. Actually, yeah, we're um, we'll we will come in and manage this whole program for you, what so that you're in compliance <laughs> with the ordinance. Yes, instead of having them to have time to figure, who's going to figure that out? There's surveys and you know payments that have to be made right. for van pools. So yeah, and so that I hear three things: uh, the chemical management, right. Uh, hazard waste, hazardous trip reduction. Waste. What's the fourth one? We also do a lot of uh, environmental health and safety training, upwards of about 800 people a year. And that includes things like workers that might be involved in managing or responding to chemical spills. There's requirements under OSHA for training. It's acronym. It's called hazardous waste site operations and emergency response. We also, uh, through the university, are we're, we're both seminar instructors at Arizona State, so that's um, convenient. <laughs> we also do uh, hazmat DOT training, other types of things that are actually required by the government. So that's really been um, fun. Even though I've been doing it all these years, every time I do a class, I'll pick up some information from folks that are in the class, and hopefully they'll get a tidbit or two from us as well. You've got this. You've got this nice calm flow about you. I can see why you've been there for so long. There's humor. There's obviously great wisdom. And there's just this kind heart too, right? Which is, I think, a rare combination. You need you need the humor though. <laughs> right. The humor <laughs> trumps everything, right? The Definitely. humor's got to be in place. Absolutely. And uh, your company has been around since 1996. Yes. Jeez. That's a yes. long time. It is. Yeah. So there are clearly other people in the industry doing similar things to you. What makes Absolutely. you guys unique? I mean, I, I hear it in the employee and the team and the depth and breadth in which you care for your clients and each other. What else sets you apart? One thing that's been useful for us, particularly with the virtual office, is um, uh, we don't have a large overhead. And so our rates are very competitive. We have all the other protection that we offer our, our customers in terms of insurance. But in a small firm, you're getting the people that are that you're working with. It's not like we're bringing the work in and then assigning it to junior staff, so to speak. You know, you might be working with somebody that has 12 years of experience or 40 years of experience. It, the main thing is we're, we're about making sure we get it right, okay? Understanding value for the client, which is really important, and listening, you know, rather than telling them this or that, it's important to listen to what your client needs are. And so there are areas that we don't deal with, perhaps, um, industrial hygiene, if we need uh, engineering services. We have a network of other people that we've 
really enjoyed working with that have the same goal for quality and value to our customers. And so we have those kinds of relationships. Very confidently and comfortably refer them when, when there is a oh, need yeah. that and you don't we'll, fill. And we work as a team. It's almost seamless. It's And if there's some situation where they're, they might be better served going to someone else, we'll provide a referral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the education that you provide and, and, again, the way in which you show up for your clients preventatively, that's the goal, right? Be smart and have everything in place before you need it. I'm curious, how often is it that someone comes to you after there has been a problem? Is there a, a big portion of your business that they get referred over or? Not a big part of our business, but it does happen. Sure. Um, we've also done work with a number of the law firms. If we have, if they have a need for, let's say, an expert consultant, uh, there's areas, obviously, a consultant isn't going to provide you legal advice, but having that that relationship, uh, knowing your lane, so to speak, and uh, working to get your client, you know, the best, uh, what's best for them in compliance with the regulations is what we're trying to do. So there's been some situations like that where it kind of takes a priority because they're under the gun. Managing the, the workload is important to make sure that you're not overcommitted either. So I would say the vast portion of our work is probably preventative, um, or it's driven by, you know, compliance. We've got people every day that are doing things like wastewater sampling to make sure that data is provided to the company to make sure that uh, they're in compliance with their wastewater requirements. Just think about it. You might have a business that, you know, has permits for industrial pretreatment. You don't meet those standards. The city comes in. They block off your wastewater, and what are you going to do with all that That now? You know, it's going to really affect your operations and business. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of like that commercial of, which you used to hear on the tra- about transmissions. It's like, you know, pay us now or pay us later. <laughs> right. But I think if you're proactive, preventative, uh, it's not going to be reactive as much. You may not be spending that much in a short period of time, plus if you wait for the government to tell you you got a problem, you always have that concern about what's it going to run me in terms of penalties and legal fees and all that stuff. The thing about being preventative, that's also has been kind of driven by our state and county ADEQ and Maricopa County Air Quality Division. They both are wanting to have businesses in the metro area to be in compliance. They're not, they're going out and they're doing site inspections and meeting with the operators of these businesses to answer their questions, to do a say, hey, this is how it should be, not going out to, ooh, you're in violation. They want to prevent a violation by informing and educating prior to the operation beginning or while their operation is going on, rather than going out and, and giving them a ding after the fact. Has that changed in the years that you've been in the industry? Because I, I, I don't know, but some, you know, some compliance uh, or regulators are all around the slap on the wrist. And by the way, here's the fine that goes with it. So yeah. have you seen that change? Yeah, it, it's changed in different areas. It, part, part of it depends on the leadership, you know, the administration. But What's also different is sometimes if you get other agencies like the federal government involved, they have what they call, in some regards, administrative penalties. So EPA could come in and say, okay, you're in violation. This is what we saw. Here's here's, uh, the administrative penalty. 
And there's, there is a due process related to that, but it does take an agency, at least in Arizona, time and effort to go through the, that administrative or legal process. So that's why I think compliance is really what it's about, is making sure that, that people understand what the requirements are and then make the commitment to, to get it done. What has been some of the biggest business challenges that you guys have overcome? Well, what was kind of interesting is the COVID issues. It affected a lot of businesses. And actually, we were very fortunate because a lot of our clients considered us to be essential workers. So whether we, when you're given that task, it's important to make sure that you can follow through. One of the big challenges we had was most of the training we did was face-to-face. Right. And all of a sudden, boom, here's Zoom. Okay, what are you going to do with it? Or Teams. And so we probably spent 60 days trying to convert everything that we did into a web-based format to make it interesting, interactive. And we did it. And, and so, it was the Norman Kareka show. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. And, and uh, thankfully so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's really been interesting because there are people that actually enjoy the Zoom interaction more so than a face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And that's because you can see them and you call on them. And it's almost like we're sitting around here just talking about things that for some reason, people really like that interaction rather than just sitting there looking at PowerPoints or films all day long. And, just having uh, a conversation, making it real. Oh, absolutely. Engaging people is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. And you didn't have to make the change because you said most of you have been working remotely anyway for, for, us, for yes. years. So, because a lot of companies had to make both adjustments, right? Not only is our team going to go remote and how do we make sure they have the right equipment and that they're doing what they need to do and all that accountability piece. Yeah. And on top of that, how do we serve our clients remotely? Then the Zoom and the, all that comes in. You already had the first part of that pretty well dialed in for years before the rest of us caught up. Yeah. I, th- I think the other challenge, uh, you know, particularly for a small business, um, has to do with that concept of growth. And just to give you a little bit of background, for years and years, I would primarily uh, look at folks from a, a subcontracting standpoint. I didn't really want to get deep into the, the debt of having a workforce that uh, wasn't too sure of the, the revenue coming in. And it worked for a while, but there comes a point where you have to make it so it works for the employee, you know, things like health insurance and stability. And so that was kind of a big step for me. Uh, and then once I had one employee, it's like, well, why not two or three? And it, it's, it's kind of been an evolving process. It's not like, you know, we had a, a master plan and we're going to execute it. It's like, well, let's see if this works. So that it's been fun um, most of the time. (laughs) And it's also listening to what's important for your employees. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the benefits and the freedom, and we're a real big advocate about professional development, Um, you know, make sure that our our folks uh, maintain any credentials that they have or continuing education. So we're active with some of the associations. you know, we, we provide a retirement program. We have paid time off. We pick up about 75% of the employee cost on insurance. 
they have credit cards. <laughs> I'm going no. to Fiji. I'm going to Fiji. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's um, it's important. I mean that that work life balance is really important for for people today. It's it's not like it's everything. You're, and so you really have to accommodate that. More and more people are specifically looking to align themselves with a company like yours, who who they know they're going to be taken care of, and and they're valued. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's kind of like you get into it what you what you put into it, and um, that's really been real important. There are people that I see some of my team maybe once a month at. And we used to go a lot more in terms of uh, having face-to-face at a restaurant or something. But, you know, we're on the phone. We're communicating. Karika keeps us in line as far as meeting, holding folks accountable. And it's it's really, we're giving out more responsibilities for people and they grow. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it's a challenge for them and it's, uh, it's good. So I'm I'm only five years into this business and only one full-time employee. And of course, that's, that's Daryl behind the cameras here and, and running the program. So it's fun to listen to you as seasoned as both of you are and for how long you've been together. We, I've, I've had to really grow myself in order to give Daryl space to grow. And it hasn't been without some really crunchy conversations here and there, but there, there's this definite, like, I want him to win. I've said it many times out loud to him and to other people in my life. I want Business Radio X to succeed for Daryl more than I want it for myself. I mean, clearly, I mean, it needs to be successful for me too, but I know that he feels that same way. And that's where, I think that's that family piece that you spoke about when you care so deeply for the people who care about the people that we serve and the mission and vision that we have before us. It makes it really pretty special. <laughs> so, yeah. right. Norm mentioned his, his support of, you know, continuing education and professional development. The next is to, we had a, one of our newer hires, recent college graduate, was really interested in in the safety side of it. And so Norm has been providing her the avenue to take the classes and personal time, paid personal time to study to take her association um, examinations to, to get her certification. We've also brought in people who um, with an associate's degree, and he's given them time to study towards, you know, and take classes if they want to continue in their, um, you know, in, in, the, in their degree path, if they want to do farther, uh, further education. Yeah. So he's been really generous on that, not just, you know, courses that re- relate directly to work, but professional development that may actually cause this employee to outgrow us because we are focusing primarily on the environmental av- avenue. So unless we pull in some clients with her expertise on the safety side, she may outgrow. Uh, hope it's not for a while because she's an absolutely um, exemplary employee. Go, Jen and Gilhood. <laughs> but there's that risk, right? When mm-hmm. we take care of family, oh, yeah. we want them to expand. Well, even sure. you said that even about your clientele, you had highlighted that your goal is hopefully that they get good enough about compliance and staying within where they need to be to be of service to the people they serve, but also they are compliant that they don't need you any longer. Right. So. I hear you saying that about employees and your teammates as well. Let's help Mm -hmm. you feel amazing about your professional life and your personal life and everything in between. And if it means you might outgrow us or you decide to move in a different direction, we're going to pat you on the back. We're going to give you a big old hug on your way. And we're going to know that we played an important role in in you knowing that you could 
could do something beyond this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and you yourself experienced that. When you introduced yourself in the relationship that you've had with Norm all these years, you did mention that you he's given you that space to grow as it well. It really, really has, yes. And I've grown, you know, I'm allowed to take professional development course if I want to do certifications to do that. And yeah, it took me from, you know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom for years and years and years, then went back and finished my bachelor's degree and I finished my master's degree in 2013. So, you know, I've been with him, you know, since, since then really allowed us to grow and, and to develop within within that. And then I started out as just doing technical writing and and now I'm working as his operations manager. So I've you know, really had to, to kind of learn about managing not just myself, but people. Yeah. Incredible. I feel like we've already answered this. Is there anything else that you're most proud of? I haven't asked that question directly, but I'm, I could probably summarize three or four things that you're most proud of. But is there anything that we haven't highlighted that you really feel like, you know what? When I lay my de- head down on my pillow each night, I know that, that we're accomplishing this and it feels good. You know, every day brings a challenge to us all. And um, I guess that's that's why I've been in the business so long. Sometimes you hear people say they have a passion for it. And sometimes it's an overworked word. But mm-hmm. really in, in this kind of, you know, in our operation, it's like um, you need you not only need the folks that have the expertise, but that can work in this kind of environment is is really probably one of the things I'm most proud of, I think. It's it's working. <laughs> in environmental compliance, it's not particularly glamorous. I was say, it's not sexy. It is not sexy, but <laughs> it is interesting. Oh, yeah, look at you. <laughs> it is incredibly interesting in the projects that we're getting, but it is very value-added to our clients, I mean, to keep helping them stay in compliance yeah. improves their their business, prevents them from getting crosswise with the EPA. So it's 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 really really important. I'm proud to be a part of it. I know I'm making a difference in um, you know protecting. Ultimately, it's protecting the environment and and making a, a better future for um, you know our, our children. And your clients know they can count on you. Yes. Like Norm said, we're the, we're the easy button. When they have something yeah. that comes up, they know, they know that they call NWA. We're going to do whatever we can to get to yes, mm-hmm. to get, you know, as easily as possible. What a, what a relief that is for the people that you work with. Let's talk a little bit specifically about hazardous waste. Yeah. Um, what do you do with it? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. It's a really good question. You know, it's it's been regulated we have what's called a, a cradle-to-grave system of management where we track it from a regulatory standpoint from the point of where it's generated in a business through transportation to ultimate disposal. So we don't really, you know, pick it up in our pickup trucks or anything. But Rika, you don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> not yet. Anyway. <laughs> right. Hopefully but, not ever. Yeah. But no, uh, no. what we do is... Will help people um, in terms of determining if their material is a hazardous waste or not. We'll set up procedures so that they can comply based upon their uh, what we call hazardous waste generator status. Some businesses are very small, some are very large, and um, we help them in terms of developing things like uh, emergency response plans, contingency plans, pollution prevention. Uh, we do audits to make sure that things are working well, training programs. 
So everything it takes to to function hopefully smoothly uh, within an organization. And we also every year are doing monitoring for businesses where they might have hazardous waste running through pumps and valves and everything. We test them to make sure they're not leaking. And so some of our clients have thousands of those. And it's it, it takes almost, um, you know, prob- we, we subcontract with uh, some of the trades because we don't typically climb scaffolds or, you know, ladders. But we work with the trades groups and we have some really good relationships with them. We work as a team and we get the job done. That whole project makes my eye twitch. I saw that. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's... Um, Things change, and it's important to have some kind of a management of change process so that you can stay in the compliance. I, I think the biggest thing that we find in terms of people not being in compliance usually is, you know, the statement, well, I don't know. I didn't know that, <laughs> you know. Well, the regulation changed about two years ago, and unless you're really up on it, you may not know. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to... Uh, you know, maybe have a third party occasionally walk in and take a big picture look and see if anything's missing. Mm-hmm. And we do that. So oh, that, 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 you are, that's part of what you offer? Yeah, we actually, um, if there's a business uh, that not know where they're at, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll go in uh, for maybe an hour or two. Um, we do it on a gratis basis. And what a great introduction to, to who, who everything that you can do. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. You can... Uh, at a certain point, you can kind of walk around and ask questions. And at the end of an hour or so, maybe see some gaps there. And that might be value for folks and what they do with it. It's kind of a business decision. What a great, yes, what a great thing for the C-Level team to invite you in. There's no commitment. No. Get to know who you are. Let's let's hear about the things that you're seeing that we may be out of compliance, that we are either aware of or we have no yep. clue and then, then it's a great opportunity to have that next level conversation. Yeah, and yeah. it's all verbal. We don't get into the, the paperwork on sure. that. But, um, but but from a complimentary perspective, yeah. what a great gift that you're offering. Yeah, uh, we've done that a few times. Yeah, I love it. And and being small, we can. It's easy. It's easy to do just business over a cup of coffee. You know, go in and do these initial sidewalks, and also kind of another kind of this whole hazardous waste, which goes cradle to grave, even though you've, you've generated this waste, now you've, sh- you've had someone come pick it up to take it to where it's being disposed for, say the, say, the landfill or the recycling center, you still have an obligation to make sure whoever's picked it up is handling it correctly. Are they indeed taking it to the recycling center? So it's not just a, okay, we, we did it, we gave it's it gone. to you, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's never really gone. So we also can do have done follow-up on, okay, we're going to go check. Did it get to the recycling center? Is it going where you think it's going to? And are they handling it correctly per the regulations? So it's, you never just, it never goes away. It stays because forever. If it, because if they're not, that comes back on the business owner. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they, once it's out of sight, out of mind, they'd be, well, I'm washing my hands of it. I'm good. And yet you're like, okay, here's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure that this is it because this can come back to you if it hasn't been properly taken care of. Mm-hmm. And we've had some clients that we've kind of, we've tracked their e-waste, um, cathode ray tube monitors, computers that are going for recycling. Are those going to the correct recycling facility? And is that recycling recycler 
taking them apart and handling the materials that they're recycling from it correctly. Mm-hmm. So it was really it was a, that was a really interesting yeah interesting thing. Yeah, this Creek whole e waste did one of those uh, recently at a material recovery facility, and it's really fascinating because some of the stuff it's like we have a general knowledge of it, but when you really see some of the high tech stuff people are doing to recover, you know, things like cardboard, plastic, paper. Uh, to keep it out of the landfills, it's really uh, get a charge out of it. Yeah, it's impressive and necessary. Yeah, yeah. AZ so, Strut. Are you familiar with AZ Strut? Oh, yeah. Yes. So yes. they're starting their show with us. Were you thinking the same thing, Daryl? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's a great place. Uh, yeah. We've been there. Yeah. And uh, wow, what a concept! It, it's incredible. Yeah. So they're uh, they're partnering with two other nonprofits, Treasures for Teachers, who I'm on huh? the board on, and then Stardust all around sustainability. So we're going to have a, a show all around demystifying the circular economy. Really looking forward to that. We're launching oh, in great. February. Yeah, AZ yeah. Strut is a great Shout out business to Tom. Model. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. There I love it. Go. I, I knew there was a little bit of risk involved in asking that, but no harm if you said, no, we don't hear them, then we'd make the introduction. <laughs> I'm curious from both of you, how did you get into this line of work? I mean, you've given us a little bit of an indication. I'm sure there's a little bit more. But how about you? Because this is, you you breathe, you've been breathing this air for a long time. Yeah. Actually, it's going on 45 years now. And um, you're only 47. At least. <laughs> but um, I started, I think, my first company was actually in the 70s. Um, it was consulting. I, I don't think it had... I was with a partner. I don't know if we really even had one client, but it it was a ventures. And we called uh, it a business. We did, <laughs> as I was going to school. But um, I started with the uh, in working in government, the Department of Health Services, and eventually it became the Department of Environmental Quality. So I was very involved in the planning, program planning, and that that was in about 1986. I became an assistant agency director for the agency. Department of Environmental Quality, and then got into consulting. So I worked for a couple of national firms for a while, got my teeth into it. And, you know, with mergers and acquisitions, I started my business with, uh, I had one client. I remember I had to go out and buy a computer. It was a compact computer. I think it ran me about 2500 bucks. The rest was history. Started with one and the rest followed and we built up a really great organization. You said you started this this one business back in the day with a partner. Uh, you were going to school at the time. What yeah, were you studying? Um, I was studying biology. I, I got my degree at uh, ASU. And at that time, which was in the 1970s, the choices were you know medical school, sell uh, pharmaceuticals, or teach. And we just kind of thought, hey, this environmental thing sounded pretty good. It was soon after Earth Day, I think, in 1970. And maybe we were ahead of our time. It sure sounds like it. But it got me my first job, my experience at working for the government and also working as a research intern at ASU. So it's been an adventure, I can say. The way things were done before versus the way they're done today and the emphasis that people have today is quite different than what we had. Do you feel like we're moving in the right direction collectively? Yeah, a lot of it. More more conscious about the resources we have, the circular economy concepts of reuse if we can, and looking at things that are less toxic. You know, it's, it's almost uh, embedded in our culture, I think, now. 
I, I think so too. And I'm grateful for that uh, as, of course, a parent and a human being walking this earth. I think it's important that we become very conscientious of how we show up for each other and for, I think you had mentioned earlier, you know, the, the people who come after us, that stuff matters. Yeah. Karika, how about you? How, I, I know you talked kind of broadly around how you landed here. Did you grow up thinking that you wanted to do this? You mentioned that you had been a stay-at-home mom for quite some time. Tell us about the early years and how it led to here. So early years, I went to college you know, right out of high school, and I was studying um, biology and, and mathematics. Oh, okay. And I met and fell in love with a guy who was going in the military, and I cut my education short to, to be a camp follower and, and go about with him on his journey. So when we came to Arizona and where he had retired, like, hey, I need to go back to school. Yeah. I knew I wanted to do something. I had all these biology and math credits, chemistry, and I was thankful that ASU, the environmental program, looked very interesting. Like, wow, this could be a great way to pull this together and um, met with the instructors out at ASU and started it made my... sense. It did. It did. So finished my bachelor's degree. And about that time, I got asked to stay on and work on a research project. And it wasn't actually in their emergency management program there. And I thought I was really interested in emergency management, thinking that would be the route to go. And I got lured into the environmental side for my master's research. And while I was there, like I said, they had this uh, research project. They were writing the final report on a biological agent to degrade oil and gasoline on the roadside. And they're still out there. We, we run into people still using this, this bioremediation project that you get for a gasoline spill on, on the roadside. So I did some technical writing for Norm and just stayed on. And once I'd graduated, was working projects, a couple, four or five projects a year for Norm, and it just grew. And, yeah. and now here I am 12 years later. Well, there was a part you missed. And, oh, no. Uh -oh. And, and that was, uh, hey, Karika, you know anybody we can hire? Was that yeah. intentional to hope she'd say yes, or you really oh, were? Oh, we were looking for some <laughs> some uh, folks, and she goes, yeah, yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you call Rich up? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that I was, was working on, and then, yeah, looking for Rich brought in. Uh, I've recommended Rich. I'd worked with Rich on the same environmental management project. Um, at ASU. So he was working at ASU at the time and he, he came on and he's not the only one we've had. I, uh, there was That's, a couple people yeah. we brought right out of the master's degree program um, to work for Norm. So this connection with ASU and he's knowing this huge. is the pool of talent, huge and from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. yes. We've got Emily from ASU. Mm -hmm. yeah, she Emily. just got an award for... Mm -hmm. uh, Emily is our travel reduction program lead and she just won a... Um, a an award to the Clean Air Campaign as best transportation coordinator in the travel reduction program for an employer over 500 employees. So she's been managing their program for the past wow. two years and was recognized at the Clean Air That's Awards incredible. for her for her work. Yeah. yeah, she's done a really great, a great job on that. Yeah, everyone, um, Jenna Gilhood, our safety, safety girl, I mentioned her, our, um, she's, she's rocking it. So we have really close ties with ASU, you know, teaching out there. The, um, the, the courses that we teach are primarily in conjunction with Arizona State University. We have a partnership with them and the OSHA Consortium to teach classes there. So, yeah, there's a 
a real tight bond with with ASU. We're very fond. We're very fond of them. Well, and clearly they're fond of you. And they again, it goes back to that trust and that experience and deeply yeah. caring about doing an excellent job. Yeah. So that people are not ending up in trouble or in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have I not thought to ask that maybe you wanted to make sure that we covered today as we near the end of our program? <laughs> Anything? I think it was it was fun. I'm, I oh, appreciate good. That's, hopefully there's fun. And I certainly appreciate a, the opportunity. I, I now know clearly the work that you do because all I heard was, you know, content writing back in when we first back met each day. other. Mm-hmm. Technical content writing and yep. it just went over my head. So mm-hmm. I yeah, really I, appreciate the opportunity to highlight your company and get to know both of you better. Are there any introductions? You're very well connected in, in obviously the in, um, the industry you serve and the people you serve. But uh, as we grow in business, even though you prefer to keep it, what was the name of that book again? Small, you know, keep it beautifully small. Yeah. As you look to 2023, what's on the horizon for you and, and what connections do you look forward to having? Well, we're, um, we're actively recruiting. Karika oh. uh, was very successful in helping us land a, a major client. Um, so we are looking for environmental techs and another consultant. And Great. I think if we're under 10, that's kind of, that's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. I so. love all these great shout outs to your broader team and, of course, the, the affinity that you two have for each other is our, really our neat. team is brilliant. I I really enjoy my ops calls in the morning. They seem a little early, but I just connecting with these these people and seeing what we're doing in the day. That's and a fairly just, new thing. I think if I understood Herm, you you just recently yes, that's been just we've been doing that about a month in anticipation of where we're getting ready to grow and we have this big client. It's like how are we going to manage all the projects that's going on, all these different people who are acting out virtually. I'm not seeing them. contact with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, However brief it is. Yeah. We're not able to, you know, hey, a quick stand up around the coffee pot in the morning. So we're we're doing it via Teams and just, you know, quick 10 minute call. Just check in, see where you're going. So good. Excellent. How do people uh, stay in touch with you for our listeners who may have come to learn about you for the first time through this uh, conversation today? Where are you best found? And what, is it, what does it sound like or look like when they first want to initiate a conversation to see if, if make, working with you makes sense? Well, we, we have a, a web page. It's uh, www.nyassoc.com. Everybody who's on our team is there and our contact information is there as well. That's probably the best way of reaching out to us. And if there's any interest, we'll certainly uh, respond quickly and hopefully we can help other folks as well. Perfect. And we're on LinkedIn as NYS Associates Inc. So, and we're, we are in the, we are only in the Phoenix metro area. So if you come up with an, a Weiss in California, that's not that's us. Not us. <laughs> we're Florida. We're Florida. <laughs> that happens, hey? <laughs> yes. I just, yeah, I just got a business call last week. Yeah, I would want to, you know, are you guys still in Sacramento? I'm like, no, we are not ever in Sacramento. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. So great to get to know both of you. And Thank as you. you enter 2023, we look forward to uh, hearing more about the great work that you're doing and the people you serve. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.